One of the beauties about uh, a podcast is that you can listen to it whenever. You know, you don't have to tune in at a certain time. This could be 11 o'clock at night. You're, you're driving somewhere. It could be in the morning as you're getting ready. The baby's waking up at 3 a.m. and you need something to listen to while you're, you know, right. carrying them around the house, trying to get them back to sleep. The, exactly. The, the dulcet tones of our voices putting them to sleep. It could be, you know, at uh, two o'clock in the morning, you just put your headphones in and just walk into the woods, uh, never expecting to come back. And the last thing you want to hear is the voices of two priests. Uh, who am I to judge? I don't know what these people's lives are like. Right. Um, that's the beauty of a podcast. Right. You can listen to it yep. whenever. Yep. That being said, uh, you cannot record it whenever. You have to record it at a specific time. And the time we've decided to record is in the morning. And yes, boy, howdy, do we look great. Do we look ready to do some things? Um, it's my day off. I'm. I my hair is a mess. I have recently woken up, Father Harrison. Um, you have a hat on, so it's covering most of your shame. Um, there well, I don't you have go. As much shame as you nice. do. That's true. That's true. Um, but but we're here because you know what? We love we, you. We love. Yeah. You specifically, not the rest of the listeners, just you. Yep. Just you. Mm-hmm. You who's listening right now. Hey, exactly. How's it going? How's your day? Mm-hmm. How's your day been? I'm here to listen. Get, time to come back from the woods. Don't don't run to the woods. Go back to your house, to your home. It's going to be okay. Looks like yeah. you're about to say something. I was going to say, you're sounding, you're actually, just as a quick aside, your your sound sounds a little muffly. Muffly? I sound muffly. Why would I sound muffly? I'm wondering if you're too close. All right, I'll back up a little bit from the mic. Actually, it should be about this far. Does that sound Okay. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. So yeah, um, it's it's my day off. And Father Harrison, you are, are you in the land of the free, the home of the brave? No. Where are you at? Well, I'll, I'll take. I'll talk about that in a second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, mean, um, I, got, my, I got my. I got my thing. I got my thing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to do that. Um, I was just impressed that you deigned to allow me to record with you on your day off. Like this is a rare treat. Uh, this is a this. Uh, your your canonic love for the people of God who listen mm-hmm. to this podcast is truly astounding. Like, um, you've even emptied yourself of your man bun. It's true. I am I am a complete and utter mess. I have I have poured out my heart for people on this podcast, and I think it's going to show. You poured out coffee into your mug. I have had a uh, two double shots of espresso in total. Okay, in various okay. forms. So I think we should be okay. I've always, but yeah, you know, this, was, is, this is an interesting thing. Like, cause like, how, like I've always wondered how much caffeine do you get in a double shot of espresso versus like a big mug of coffee? If it's a big because, mug of coffee, then it it's likely the coffee, the big mug of right. coffee. So then why aren't you drinking more coffee? Like, cause like, why are you doing this? The short, it's like, you want the quick hit, but mm-hmm. not the, the but not the long-term effect. You know, I actually really want a mug of coffee, but I'm currently at my uh, brother's house and uh, producer Nick and producer Riley's house, and uh, they do have like a drip coffee thing, but that just takes too long. The espresso machine it takes like two seconds. You grind this the beans, you, need you tamp it. My one little, my one little, uh, I got this a long time ago. My parents actually got it for me for Christmas years ago, and it's it's a little bit more pricey. Obviously, it's the one little kind of nice thing. I really kind of allow myself because it's also easier for the mornings. Like I don't have this here right now where I am, but I love my Nespresso machine. Nespresso with an N at the beginning. Yeah. The little pods. 
It's great coffee. You don't need to add anything to it. I wake up. I stumble into the kitchen. I put the pot in, put the water in the thing. I press do it, and it's done in two minutes. And I have a nice, massive mug of really good coffee. That's great, but I don't have that. And uh, we're just going to push Maybe. forward. Maybe what? you need to get one for Nick for his birthday or Christmas or like, you know, something, something. I think I think uh, Riley would kill me, though. Not kill me, but like they have they do have a drip coffee machine there. Does he, doesn't their, he still does he still roast his own beans? He still has his own roast his own beans. He's got the espresso machine. He's got a pour thing. He's got so many coffee things. I don't think that. Oh, I know. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's like uh, he would probably be offended at the idea of a machine it's doing just, his work. They just don't have a lot of counter space left. I don't want to do that to them. No, it's 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 a it's a gift to put in the guest room, which I have. I'll talk about my guest room later. I have a new guest room at the uh, Sharapa okay. household. Um, but and uh, welcome to Clearly Speaking. This is going to be a show. I'm Father Anthony. Yeah, sorry, I'm Father Harrison. You're still really tinny, like you're coming in metallic-y. I don't know what's going on with the mic. I'm turning down the gain because okay. I turned it up to try to make it sound louder when you said it was yeah, low. Yeah, that's way better. That's way better. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Everybody's so you gotta get good. It's better. It'll probably still be a bit. It's just what it is. Your face is what it is. Do it. This is why. This is why we pay Nick the big bucks. Yeah, he can fix it or to not. Fix it. Who knows? All right. Hello, everyone. Producer Nick here. I don't know how to fix it entirely. Trust me, it was way worse before I started editing. That little zit 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 noise is not your car speakers or your headphones. It is Anthony's mic setup. My apologies. Enjoy the rest of the show. Uh. So yeah. So I am currently in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. What is that? What is that place? That sounds like a made-up name. I was just waiting for you to say that. You know, you're going to be offending a lot of listeners here then. There are, I don't care. We do have, including my, my host. Now, this is the weird thing this morning. As I'm waking up, uh, my host, Father Jeff Young, a classmate of mine from seminary, he's getting ready because, you know, God bless him. He loves his people so much. He has mass at 8 a.m. I'm saying mass on my own later. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this, is the, this is the great gift of being a priest. You can say... Just as people can listen to the podcast whenever they want, a priest, when he is not at his parish or whatever, can say mass whenever he wants. This is, it's this true. is a little perk. This is a little a perk of being thing. a priest. It's a very beautiful thing. Um, so as I'm waking up, I was hearing your voice in the background in the hallway. I was like, what's going on? Like, what? Like, as I'm wa- <laughs> it's it's so like a little confusing, confusing when you're waking up. Plus, because like here, the su- it's way further north. The sun comes up much later. Which is mm-hmm. also still confusing to me right now because, yeah, I'm below the 49th parallel where I live. So, like, I'm probably more in, like, Pittsburgh-esque, you know, parallel for where the sun comes up. So, it's like 7.30 in the morning or something like that. It's mm-hmm. usually when the sun comes up or something. Here, it's like 9. And it's just weird to wake up like that. So, anyways. I mean, huh. I, I hear Father Anthony's voice. Why do I hear Father Anthony's voice? And he was listening to our latest episode because he loves the podcast. He's a great Aww. he listens to the podcast every week. And apparently there's a good crew of parishioners here at Our Lady of Lords who listen to the podcast. Well, that's nice. I take back what I said. I do care. You do care. I mean, my definition of Saskatoon is that it's a cartoon with sass. Interesting. That 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 explains it- the name. It does explain the name. It just sounds like someone like gave up in the middle of like 
figuring out the name. They're like, Saskatoon. It's it's fine. Don't worry about it. So here's the thing. I get to prairies, and I... I, 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 I'm probably I insulting a lot of indigenous people somehow. Maybe. I, I don't know the roots of Saskatoon as a name, but uh, Saskatchewan, I'm pretty sure it has indigenous roots. Um, but, you know, the prairies are flat and cold. Like, I had to actually bring a jacket with me. Okay, so you're not, I, you know, when you said you were in a closer time zone, I just assumed you came to America. Like, because why oh, would you? Because you thought time zones only change in America. Yes. Do they change elsewhere? Yes. Huh. Like in Canada. So I'm in the central time zone. I'm one hour behind you right now. Weird. In Saskatchewan. Okay. See, we're all learning today. That's and, great. And, well, and Father Jeff was, by the way, very excited to hear that you finally got your passport. I do because, have a passport. This is because big he news. said, hey, hey, Father Anthony could fly out to Saskatchewan right now and you guys could do a live episode. I'm like, I don't think he would like all that snow. I would not. Uh, we've had not a lot of snow lately, which is nice. It's been cold, but not a lot of snow, which is good. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, um, but it's good. And it's nice to see him. I'm here on my study week uh, right now. So I'm doing a talk at their parish on Friday, Uh bit of doing some he's ordered a bunch of mysterion books for his parish which by so i got a few people who have been like months waiting for a copy who i had won a copy or whatever and i am like uber behind uh mea culpa mea culpa mea maxima culpa uh part of that was actually that was all my fault for keep on forgetting to order new copies of my book to get in so now i have them and when I get back, uh, it's it's my first thing to do on Monday is to throw those into the mail for everyone who for whom I owe a book to. So fear not, folks, they're coming. Uh, but yeah, no, it'll be nice to, to it's nice to see some uh, uh, some classmates. Father Daryl Millett, who's not a classmate, but we we knew each other, and so I'll you know hang out with the the Covermakers and a few other people. So you know, try and do some visiting while I'm here. You know, uh, Dane people with my presence, as it were. Wait, though, this is uh, terribly exciting because you finally did the thing. What's you finally crossed it over into grifter status. This is this is cronyism. You're making your friends buy books for you to send well, no, no, them no, no. to the well, parish. You're you he, are getting books by yeah. He, uh-huh. he sure he actually uh, he initiated that. I never. I sure. my plan for January was to go to somewhere else for January. He's like, no, you should come to Saskatoon, and I'm going to get you to do a talk. I'm like, I will do that for friends. That's but great. I, I That's don't, great. That you got your story know, down. As you know, I don't. I don't seek this stuff out, though. Like I, I, I have a hard time. Also, I don't have time to seek this stuff out. Um, sure. I'm going to send you a picture, though, right now, just okay. live, because Father Jeff will love this. This is this is not completed, but this is the renovations they're doing to their church right now. Uh, that he that we're going to be speaking about on Friday night. Now you're sending this to me, but you're all the way in, in the northern reaches of Canada. It might take a long time. Oh no, there it is. Um, oh, look how pretty! Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, I like the I like the blue, the stars in the dome. That's a really nice crucifix. Oh my gosh, this is such so good for for audio content. There's there's Jesus <laughs> the King. Oh, he looks great. The word was made flesh. Those are those. Yeah, yeah. Dwelt uh, among us. Holy smokes! You got Mary, Our Lady of Lords, there. I assume. Uh, yeah, that's real. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys who are it's listening gorgeous. to this, just imagine it's, a really pretty kind of Romanesque. What, what you need to do, no, Father Jeff will appreciate this. What you need to do is you need to come to Saskatoon. You need to go mm-hmm. to Our Lady of Lords Parish. 
Our Lady of Lords Parish. It seems very Our Lady of Lords esque. It's good. Yeah. No, it's really it's a big win. So, so I'm here till uh, Monday in the freezing cold. <gasps> Look at that! Wait, this is this is shocking and terrifying. I'm looking at the way the missile set up. Why can I see the missile? Is it because it's set up <gasps> at Orientum? Bum bum bum. Possibly. I mean, of course, yes, it is because you can see the missile. It's it's facing the people. <laughs> Shock. Anyways, what it's crazy. So it's nice to see him. Shout out to him. So, I guess this is way this is the way my friends want to get shout outs on the show is they invite me to come spend time with them. More cronyism. Um, See, this is the thing. This is the cronyism. It's like, yes, fly me out here, and I will I will shout you out on the show. Um, that, yeah, that's that's all it costs. That's you all it you costs. pay for my- for 10 seconds of your name drop on a, on a on a popular Catholic podcast, sure, why not? A no. small price for glory, eternal glory in podcast land. Yes, yes, but actually, I do. I actually, I mean, we all we get the odd invite to things, but I, I just, I, I often actually say no most of the time because I just don't have time. You got, you got to write a doctorate and be yes. a pastor. Yes, exactly. And being Canada. Yes. Well, you know what's not cronyism because we don't know any of these people who are calling in, and they don't pay to get their names dropped or anything. They, do they don't not give us pay. their real names. No, they don't give us. Their, I mean, it's doubtful. Sometimes they say it's their real names, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have problems, and their problems are are so grand they may be even qualified as emergencies. And it's actually been a while. Sorry, it's been a while since we've had theological emergencies. Well, I for me, it's only been like a week. Because I don't listen to the podcast when you and Nick do it, so I have no idea what happened there. Well, it's not my fault someone didn't show up. Um, you're correct. Which is was it, it, there was a different kind of emergency, but we're it's, it's, it's okay. Theological hey. emergencies. Theological emergencies. Theological emergency. Thank you for calling Clerically Speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial one at any time. Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet, and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. Yeah, yeah, content, content, let's go, content, content. All right. Hi, Father Anthony and Father Harrison. Uh, my name's Henry. I'm from Pittsburgh. You can look at the 412 area code and see I'm telling the truth. And you can ask producer Nick if my name is Henry because he's my youth minister. Um, I was just wondering how do uh, our resurrected bodies work? Because in the Gospels, um, I know when Jesus is resurrected, it says he walks through the door. So for the longest time, I thought he was something like a ghost almost. But then that's definitely a heresy, or there's something wrong with that. Um, so yeah, just how do how does Jesus's and our resurrected bodies work? How do they look? And uh, go Steelers. Okay, you know what? This is not great. This is a bad look because I just talked about how this isn't about cronyism, and then producer Nick was like, <laughs> producer Nick was like, you have to answer this question, and then. Henry, Henry, you you blew it. You blew our cover by saying, "Hey, my name is Henry, and I next my youth minister." And and wow, so that's just, first. Why is any any youth listening to us? This is my first question. I don't know. Probably because Nick forces them to. I think that's what his youth group is. He just sits everyone down, locks the door, and and with these loudspeakers, just plays our podcast, and he calls that ministry. And, and you want to talk about cronyism? 
he gets yeah. paid to edit the podcast, and then he gets paid to do youth ministry, and he's just playing are, he's edited. So there's your yeah. – if anyone's a crony, it's Nick. This is the Shiraba Podcast because, Mafia. Because, because of the only one of the three of us who actually gets paid is Nick. Yes, Nick. So and if there's any Bruce crony as well. in all this, it's Nick. Wow. Yeah. Wow, he's double dipping from the content he's stream. Double dipping, yeah, exactly. So I, I think, I think, I have no blame here. You know what? It's time. You know, we're gonna we're gonna um, inaugurate a special counsel to investigate this. Um, <laughs> we'll get a third yes. party audit. Well, yeah, we're gonna have to do on. a commission. There's gonna be a, a lay review board involved, and uh, there'll be I we'll have to set up some bureaucratic procedures, etc. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll get to the bottom of this as quickly as yes. the church usually gets to the bottom of corruption, which is oh, nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> oh no, Nick is dead. <laughs> Oh no, he died. What happened? Oh, oh I guess no. We ignore that. Oh, oops. Oops. I guess we're going to have to get Taylor to edit the podcast now. Wow. That got dark. Oh, uh, anyway, Henry, <laughs> if that is your real name. Um, okay, this is this is like a huge pet peeve of mine. Um, and it's, it, it shouldn't be, but it is. People always say Jesus walked through walls or walked through the door. Nowhere in the gospel that says he walked through a door. All it says is that the doors were locked and he appears. Which I think is cooler because God doesn't need to like walk through a door to get somewhere. When his resurrected body wants to be somewhere, it is in that place. Um, in a certain sense, it kind of it can show. So our bodies kind of carry ourselves through the world. And if you are a healthy body, you can move around the world pretty well. Imagine like that concept like cranked up to a billion Um in your resurrected glorified body it will take you where you want to go instantly or at least that's i guess my theory or the theory if you will um same sort of deal with like how will we know people in heaven i think there's two different ways to look at it but one of the ways to look at it is our faces kind of reveal who we are our bodies reveal our presence um, when you think of somebody you love you think of their face um, in heaven our faces will so reveal um who we are to the people that they'll know us um, is one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is like we'll be in God, so we'll see people through God's eyes as well. Um, uh, Jesus can, of course, hide himself from people. Um, he does that on the road to Emmaus. Uh, that's more to, or it might be the road to Emmaus when, when they don't recognize him, that may be more of an error of their eyeballs, unless if Jesus is hiding himself, or maybe it's both. I don't know. But the point is, your resurrected body is just going to be really good at doing what a body is supposed to do better than we um, can imagine now. Um, so but apart from that, apart from the little bit of data we get from Jesus' resurrected body, um, all we know is that it's going to be good. I, I, I don't, There's not a whole lot of other data we can draw from. Father Harrison, go ahead. Correct me or add to that if you feel like it. Yeah, so yes, first, only data we have of resurrected body is Jesus' body. Yes, he did not necessarily walk through walls. I guess it's like, it's it's a body, it's a it's bodiliness, but it's like, and this is hard for us to understand because we don't, we see spirit as so unreal today in modernity, right? Mm -hmm. But it's spiritualized body. And by this, I do not mean that it's ghostly or anything like that, but rather... Um, we have like what we have a str what we struggle with is actually the complete newness of it and and if you pay attention to the gospels they are struggling to find words like like there's like the experience for example of the apostles 
they were both excited and afraid. They both knew it was the Lord and also asking, who is this guy? Yeah. The Gospels are trying to like, it is the hardest thing because there's just no analogy. There's no analogy. Almost. There's no analogy at all. Right. Like there's a, like there is a reason Lazarus's body resurrects like with the whole, with his um, all wrapped up still and everything while Jesus's uh, coverings are just rolled up into a corner. It's to demonstrate the radical newness of this or, or Ma- Mary Magdalene um, not recognizing Jesus and seeing him to be the gardener, all these things. It's so new that we have to be, it can seem irrational to us to almost say like, we have to be okay with the unknowing aspect of it a bit, but it's not irrational. It's rather, I think it's one of those mysteries we have to sit with deeply for a while because it, as you do, it starts to, he, so yes, he's able to appear in these new, he's not walking through walls, but he is like supra spatial, supra temporal. Mm-hmm. Because his body has been, if you will, quote unquote, eternalized. Maybe that's a fun way to put it or something like that. Uh, which means that it has the ability now to be present in a universal fashion. Uh, while before it was able to only be present in a particular fashion. Hence the Eucharist, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, yeah, he's not like just walking through walls like in the sci-fi shows. But he's appearing which is their way of saying like his body is such that the things that would stop us from getting from one place to another, like a closed door aren't a barrier anymore because now he has shown himself to be who he claims to be God as well. And that this body has been fully united to God in such a complete way that that body is, is so human that it is now united completely to God's power and um, and so these signs, these events are meant to be a kind of a sign of that. I'm stumbling through words because of all of this. Like, like it is, yeah. it's actually meant to be a thing we are supposed to stumble through in a way. Uh, it is, it is probably one of those places where you can legitimately say it is meant to be a mystery to be contemplated for years. And you get, I think, where you can maybe start to get little hints of this is in the saintly person. Like you know, like you you get a sense of the spiritualized body, if you will. Not necessarily like walking through walls, but you see the impact of the spiritual on the physical through them. And it starts to give you little hints. I think, and I would have to look into this and think about this more, this is me just thinking off the top of my head right now, is uh, like you, you hear like Padre Pio and bilocation. Right, yeah. I think is a little hint towards this. Or just, you just see the saintly person and you see the body so transformed in a way that you cannot help but see something different there take that and multiply it by like infinity with jesus and so these little hints we have to meditate on and contemplate it's not something we're going to come to an answer right away um i know that's insufficient right now it's also my adhd meds are just starting to kick in uh but that's (laughs) all i've got right now on that one (laughs) no i think it's it's good i mean because that's the point like this is there's a little bit of a, a agnosticism in this in the sense that like we have hints of what it is. We definitely know what it's you know not, right. um, but that's kind of uh, we're waiting to see that mystery uh, fulfilled and that will be great. And 
anyone else who actually knows us and is sending in questions, can we please keep it on the down low? Can you be more like smooth about this sort of thing so we don't get accused of cronyism and everything? Okay. Henry, if it is your real name. Hello, this is Ben from Wisconsin. And uh, I have a question about incense. Does incense merely act as a symbol of prayers rising up to God? Or does it also confer a blessing? Uh, we use it in different ways in the liturgy. You know, when the Father elevates the host, uh, we swing the thurible three times, three, to uh, show worship to God. But then we also incense the Gospels and sometimes religious objects like statues. And I remember as an altar boy, um, at one point in the Mass, I would go in front of the sanctuary, the congregation would rise, and I would incense them. And I remember thinking, am I blessing them? Because I feel like father or deacon should be doing this. So anyway, I appreciate you shedding some light on those distinctions. And uh, love the show. God bless you guys. Take care. Bye. I just want to give, before we even start, kudos to Ben for his lack of cronyism. Absolutely. This is this is like, a so-called Ben from a so-called Wisconsin. Well, yeah. No connection, obviously, just, to us. Yeah. That's like, just like people question the reality of Saskatchewan, so I question the reality of Wisconsin. You know what? Wisconsin is just... As ridiculous of a name as Saskatoon, Wisconsin, yep. Saskatoon, just because it's more common to my ear. Looking at it, like that's a ridiculous name for a place, Wisconsin. <laughs> We've just lost all the Wisconsin listeners. Wisconsin, with sin. So is it a, is it a land of Wis Wisconsin? Anyway, I'm th- I, that's con, not how etymology it's a con, actually. It's a con for sin. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's not how etymology actually works in I'm this case. Sure. But I'm, I'm pretty um, sure too. Anywho, hey, let's talk about the thing we like. Yeah, so incense. I love me the incense, and I do it Mm -hmm. on Sundays, and I love it so much. So, and 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 Ben has done a good job of mostly uh, going through all the stuff that you use incense for in the mass. So, it's not no, it is not conferring a blessing. Um, And I would have to, I would, I would have to put a little asterisk. There is my guess is it's probably understood a little bit differently in the East because I believe it's only subdeacons above who do incense during the divine liturgy, but I'm not mm. sure how it all works. I've never really paid attention. Um, while he, for, for us, it's altar servers generally. I believe deacons, though, can do can be thurifers, if I remember correctly. In the East or with us, you mean? With us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so just quickly as, yeah, there's incense in your procession, uh, and then when you get up to the altar, then you incense the whole altar. You... Uh, then incense the gospels, and yeah, and it's part of the gospel procession. You and then you incense the altar and the gifts at the preparation of the gifts. The thurifer then uh, incense any of the priests present, and then he goes and incenses the people of God, and then he incenses at the consecration. That's where it ends. There's no, in, there's not meant to be incense in the recession. So, um. It is meant to be symbolic in the sense of, yeah, it's not necessarily conferring a blessing, but it's saying that these particular events are ways of acknowledging prayer in the life of the church. Um, in the procession, it's like, and up to the altar at the beginning, it is a, It is meant to be, and it's meant to like, it is meant to engage the senses. Like the smell is to say like, this is something different. We're giving a, a fragrant, uh, sent to God, where where we are off that 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 the people too, like the whole church, is a fragrant offering. 
It's yeah. meant to be a fragrant offering. And uh, you guys and are that's stinky. We did. There's that too. Make you smell nice. Exactly. Stinky people but, of God. Yes. And then and then you'll have your uh, your uh, intentional coffers who are not actually allergic. There are people who do, but uh, you 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 ever get the <coughs> during mass. Uh, anyways, uh, and you're and you're incensing the altar. The altar is actually the primary object, if you will, that gets incensed because it's the primary place where the fragrant. So, like by by being part of the procession, getting to the altar it is meant to really help us in a sense and through our senses help us to understand that this is a one offering, just as it's the whole church is being offered to Christ, to God the Father through the offering of Christ on the altar. When we're doing it at the Gospels, it's because it is a kind of, if you will, the proclamation of the Gospels, a kind of quasi moment of sacrifice in that it's the culmination of the sacrifice of the word in the liturgy of the word. It is a, it has a privileged place. It is a privileged object. So we, we essentially incense privileged, privileged things to demonstrate that they're part of this fragrant offering. Um, hence why the priest and the people are incensed at the altar. So this is essentially, and it's coming from the Old Testament of incense rising unto God. So it's, And the incense hangs, it, it remains afterwards in the air. It, you see the fog. And if you're really good, you even, you even veil the sanctuary a bit because you have so much incense that it's hard to see everything, which is kind of the point. It's meant to demonstrate the cloud of God descending upon the people too, of that prayer of God and and earth, heaven and earth coming together in a, in a special way. So it is not a blessing, at least not how I've understood it, but the priest does bless the incense. So I guess mm-hmm. in that sense, you could say that it, the, the thoroughfare is extending that blessing when he's incensing people, but he's not the one doing the blessing. He's just making present what father has already blessed. It's, so I think it's yeah. it, it's kind of like um, I think it's similar to like a a layperson sprinkling holy water, like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. blessing stuff that's happening, but you're not offering the blessing from like your person, right? Yeah. So, and it's wonderful, and we should do it more. I I am of the opinion personally is that's why I do it on Sundays. There should be a there should be like your your most solemn mass. You should have a solemn mass every weekend with chanting and everything like this. And uh, an incense, and that's my that's my Sunday mass. Yeah, uh, we do that as well for uh, our high masses and such. But you missed a few things. You missed a few things. Uh-oh. Um, uh oh. One, I it's good whenever people cough. <laughs> it's good whenever people cough because of incense, because that's a good sign. Because when you cough because of incense, that's the little demons coming out of you. <laughs> We've smoked them out. So you <clears throat> and those tiny demons, they're coming. They're leaving your body. They're going out of your soul. So every time you hear a cough. A demon is expelled from a person in the congregation. It's a beautiful thing. I love hearing the course of coughing because people are being freed, freed from their oppression. And it's just a beautiful thing. I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do have bad news for people who actually dislike incense because it's going to be really awkward for you in heaven because the book of Revelation very clearly shows us that there's incense in the heavenly liturgy. Mm, Awkward. Angels love incense. Angels use it in the Old Testament. They use it in the New Testament as well. It's going to be smoke all the time. Um, And then uh, I guess finally uh, some other objects that we will incense sometimes. We'll we'll incense the the, – Yeah, so at at Christmas I incense the crash. Um, uh, And uh, what else? Paschal Uh, candle. Easter Paschal candle. There you go. And actually even the missile for the exalted. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and, and there's other stuff like sometimes like for example my parish if for the guardian angels um, my parish's uh, St. Michael the Archangel will will incense the um, a statue of uh, St. Michael yeah, absolutely yeah, stuff like that is good yeah. uh, also it can be used in uh, house blessings as well interesting um, yeah uh, so when you're blessing a house sprinkle with water you can also uh, use incense in the house uh, same oh. sort of deal yeah interesting so it's kind of like just sanctifying the era just yeah this, this those are good questions because like these are things i've always i've wanted to look into more like the history and an understanding of these things in the church's mm-hmm. history i just don't have time right now but these are like because they are actually very important like so for me it's like i know there's actually even more i just haven't had time to look into it but i know they're important let's do them because the like i do actually also just say the church says hey you should do this at least for your more solemn celebrations so I'm like great let's do it good I enough for me that. And I stress that. Also, it reminds Jesus of his childhood because whenever he sees the incense at Mass, he thinks about how he was a little baby in Bethlehem, and these three wise men came bearing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's like it's like seeing his favorite like Tonka truck again. That's how Jesus looks at incense. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's seeing a very his favorite Saint Transformer. Is, yeah, uh, <laughs> response there. I love that. I love that. All right. That's great. That's great. uh, Thanks, uh, Ben, from so-called Wisconsin. Uh, Let's move on to presbyteral exhortations. And now it is time for presbyteral exhortations. Oh, yes. Quite good. Quite good. Indubitably. I bet they can't wait to learn. They're going to learn. It's my favorite part. It's the best part. Yes, yes, quite. Yes, right. All right. So, Father Harrison, I think I mentioned earlier on, I am currently at, uh, it's my day off. I am at the Sharapa household. Uh, yeah, looking like Nick Roman Reigns. Uh, looking like Roman Reigns, my cool hair, because I am head of the table, uh, and everyone should acknowledge me. Uh, so, uh, they're gone. Indiana's with the grandparents. Uh, Nick and Riley are doing, you know, lay people. They have jobs. Jobs, I think it's called. What's, what's, they what's, work. A, what's a job? Yeah, it's like a it's it's suffering like Job, so I think it's the same right. kind of concept. So they're on uh, heaps of garbage, lamenting their lives. Uh, one at a parish, one at a real estate agency. Um, you just undermine our whole cronyism argument now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, Nick and Riley, they 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 have me over. You know, uh, my day off. I'll see if uh, it's cool with them. But I've got a feeling that they're kind of sick and tired of me mm. uh, because they've put in a lot of work to banish me to their basement. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, hey, uh, with Father all the, Anthony. With all the images, right? Like all the pictures. Like this is what Nick has in his basement, right? All these pictures. Well, he's of, got, like, he's got and... an old gun safe yeah. that he has turned into a smoking room. So it's a it's actually like a kind of a oh, very cool. large closet. Yeah. Um, and it's got. A whole bunch of old Catholic like pictures and stuff. So that's that's the smoking okay. room. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he does, it does not have ventilation. There. Yeah. Um, so there's that. No, no, no. Um, but like they're like, oh, we moved the couch downstairs, and look, there's a TV here, and oh, you could sleep here. It's just be like your own little place. I'm like, it's the basement. And they're like, oh no, it's like you're, it's like a special place for you. So they really want me to live in the basement. They're they're tired of me hanging out in the living room. They want to banish me as a gremlin into the basement, which is fine. Um, I accept that uh, because I am meek and humble of heart. And uh, the son of man had no place to rest his head. At least I have a couch in the basement. That's what I apparently deserve for offering my life uh, as a priest. Cool. Um, Anyway, last night I'm playing some video games in my basement lair and, uh, 
producer Nick comes home after a long day of ministry. And I'm like, producer Nick, what should I talk about tomorrow? I've got some ideas, but let's hear your ideas. And he keeps rallying off ideas. <sighs> and the ideas are like sometimes a little bit controversial, you know, this or that thing he saw on Twitter or this or that thing. I'm like, no, I don't care. It's like, but doesn't it make you angry? I'm like, I mean, sort of, but not really. And he's like, but you you make great content when you're angry. And I'm like, this is a problem for our show. I need to figure out how to make good content without being angry. Um, but anyway, going over some stuff. Okay, so that's, that's, that's part one of this context. Part two is um, last night, uh, or so last Monday, I was running RCIA, which is one of my favorite things to do, also known as OCIA now because we have to change things. The and OC. Don't call it that. It's the OC, the Catholic OC. And, you know, we're, we're learning about the Eucharist and stuff, and my class is awesome. Um, they, they ask so many questions and have so many cool thoughts about stuff, and it's both exhausting and a lot of fun. Anyway, one of the young guys uh, asked this question, about some sort of like some churches being closed, some like traditional churches being closed, and why is that happening? And blah blah blah. And it's like, why do you know about the Latin Mass and Traditiones Custodes, whatever, already? Why do you even mm -hmm. know about this? So mm -hmm. I tried to very briefly explain in a very pastoral way what that's about. And this has happened a few times where young people in my RCA class like bring up stuff. I'm like, how dare you know about that? Who told you about the internet? Shame. Shame on whoever plugged you into the internet and you Google Catholic because you were excited about part your of, new faith. Part of, part of the catechumen, it should be that you have to banish them from the internet for a year as part of the poor, initiation rites. Poor souls. I felt so sorry for them. Um, and this happened a little bit last year as well. Like right. Someone made an internet Catholic meme joke in my RCA class. I'm like, you're not even baptized yet. What is going on here? Right. And it's just, just what, what, what? And of course, and of course, because we can't be normal about anything. Um, there's all kinds of like controversy and articles and all this stuff uh, surrounding Benedict and Francis after um, Pope Benedict's death, right? Right. All this stuff coming out or not coming out or whatever. And I'm, well, not, I'm uh, not here to talk about the validity can, of can any I, of it. Right. Can I, can I say one quick thing with that? Absolutely. So just, just because it, I, I've read Ganswein's book through translation already. Uh, <laughs> You've already read it. Yes. Well, because actually I got a uh, Yeah. Anyways. Um, the Italian publisher made it sound more sensationalist than it was. Really? Italians making things sound more sensationalist I than they know. are? I know. Impossible. So, right. But then this creates a media buzz and then yeah. more people want to buy it, right? This is why they do this, right? And and But then it gets people to think, oh, the, all this blah, 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 opposition stuff. But it's like, come on, guys. Like, it, no, no, it, it's not. There's no there's no bombs in it. Sorry. Yeah. There's no. Uh, I'm going to read anyway, just because I'm very yeah. curious about it. But OK, so like all this is going on. And, you know, very recently we've had some big feast days. We've had Christmas. We've yep. had Epiphany. We've had Mary, Mother, Mary, of, Mother God. of God, you know, um, Holy Family, which got relegated to a, a Monday. A Monday, yeah. yeah for us. That's in the Lord weird. Monday. Like it's it is actually interesting how like while Easter is like the most prominent of feasts, Christmas gets a lot more solemnities bunched in with it and feast yeah. days. Um and they have to yeah, be anyways, that way. They're yeah. not like you move. Okay. Uh, let's let's take a before I get back with my setting up for yeah. this thing. Um I was utterly confused about Epiphany this year. So like my parish had like oh. on the actual date. We had like a solemn blessing of water during the weekday. Oh. 
but the feast is actually moved to the Sunday or whatever. And I had no idea what day it was, and it was very confusing to me. I just say bring it back to January 6th and make everyone go just, to Mass. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So what I'm getting at is that as these people were in my, my, my lovely catechumens and candidates and producer Nick trying to get me fired up by different topics. And all the feast days happening recently. It, the feeling is more, it's more than can we all calm down and be normal. It's not that so much as it is. I, cause it's going to sound trite, but I, I don't mean it to. I think we've really forgotten that God is in control. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I'm getting. That's what I'm getting more and more frustrated with. Um, and, and frustrated with because I felt the same thing. Like, right. you know, my diocese in the last month, like something like six priests for various reasons from death to scandal have, have left ministry. Um, like that's incredibly disheartening. Right. Um, then there's a bunch of other stuff going on in my diocese that just, you know, day to day difficult things. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of um, grifters online. Um, it yep. helps to get rid of your Twitter. Um, and ye- like, let's just like, even if you were to attribute all the worst things to Francis or whatever, let's just say all of that's true, whatever. And it still doesn't matter, though. Right. So okay, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I, I actually I, this is a line I've been using more and more and more lately, and I think actually there's some real validity to it because a lot of the a lot of stuff that happens online that makes present these broader issues freak people out. Oh God, do something about this guy! Oh my gosh, this is horrible! This is horrible! Blah blah blah. And I would say, okay. Maybe maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Like whatever. Like between yeah. ideology, stuff in the church, whatever. Like okay, fine. Let's say that's that's happening. What can you do about it? And they'll say, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I gotta fight this. Well, okay, fine. Tell me how. Like, and I, what I try to bring them to is say, most people have the capacity to change things on a concrete level, like in their home with their family and friends. That that's where you put the energy of the fight, if you will. So like, like, like you know, a lot of people have worries around stuff around a gender ideology, for example, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of problems with how that's promoted online, et cetera. Fine. You're not going to be some big talking head online to fight this, nor is yelling at people on a message board on Reddit or whatever going to change people's minds necessarily. Because the fact is, most of us don't have the influence to do those things. But what you can do is you have kids. You can love them and teach them the beauty of being man and woman as the church understands it, not as right or left-wing people understand it, but as the church understands it. You can – you maybe have nieces and nephews who you're worried about their parents falling into some of these traps. Fine. Then you can exercise your influence with those parents in love and charity and patience, right? That that's where we – like we we – we are worry we we are worrying about the big things that we actually have no control of it and wasting and wasting our energy that way instead of actually putting the energy towards the things we actually can actually influence which then like but if we do that more large on a large when that happens like we've been we've been we've been um we've been almost like trained to think the only way to fight this is on a large scale level we have to 
we have to like uh, organize some large thing to make a change. When in reality, it's like imagine if millions of households took this position seriously with their children. It would take away the ability to get the clicks online that would that would then uh, make people want to do these things and promote these things, et cetera. So like we're, we're very top heavy on the big influencers telling us what the real problems are when we're not and, and then thinking that we have to do something on that level to change things when in fact that's not the case what you can only really you can only really influence the circle around you and that that's where we need to be putting our energy because it also makes you realize you're dealing with people does that make i don't know if i'm if i'm getting off your topic or not but like this no, is no, the no, big no. thing it's for me definitely, it's definitely a part of it yeah okay um absolutely absolutely uh, is is all of that um and kind of concretizing the actual role we have to play in the world instead of kind yeah. of wish casting and either wish casting or like if i get emotional enough about this thing it will change it it's something that we all weirdly do um yeah. why do we yell at tvs or right. uh, our computer screens um it's a lot of energy that's impotent ultimately uh and the stuff that we actually can change is actually really important so all that's absolutely true but in conjunction with that, and this is you know a, a theme we've touched on before, um, it's also a kind of faithlessness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, we we just celebrated Christmas and Epiphany and Mary, Mother of God, uh, and these were not just memorials in the sense of things that have happened in the past, right? That's not what we believe these things to be. Um, the one thing that was really striking me was the whole idea of uh, Epiphany and those uh, three free, three events that shed light on who this Christ child who was just born is. Um, God, King, who is to die for us, um, mm-hmm. who is Trinity, who um, inaugurates the church and the sacraments. Um, that all of this is a part of ultimately in God's hands and that... Like, even the very basic tenet of, like, how one mass can change the world mm-hmm. or, like, you know, the, the, the infinite power of the one holy sacrifice of the mass or the one holy sacrifice of the mass that is, you know, celebrated time and time again. It's like we've utterly lost that idea that, like, by doing that or by you going to prayer and having your heart more in line with that of the heart of Jesus Christ, that, like, st- stuff actually changes and we yeah i've been thinking about go ahead good i was gonna say it actually gets to what i was talking about earlier around like resurrection stuff right we we've Mm -hmm. lost the notion of this like uh benedict's last testament is essentially trying to put god at the center uh again which by the way he's got a new book coming out some stuff he wrote while he's at mater ecclesia and i can't wait uh that's exciting it's very exciting uh uh uh, new panic about to drop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, no, everything like we don't realize how we've actually allowed the the materialistic spirit to influence how we see anything. And by that, I mean like like we always like so. For example, the Benedict Francis stuff or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. How are we judging it politically? Always, always. I know a lot of Catholic people who. We'll say publicly, oh, you know, fine, yeah, he resigned. But deep down, we're resentful that he resigned. Mm-hmm. 
because of the political out uh, what, what came out politically afterwards in the church or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. No one's asking what's the spiritual meaning behind all this. Because when you start to ask that, you start to find the God who is present, right? The God who's been born among us, who becomes like this vulnerable infant child. Um, they think, just think for a moment how much, if, if we had social media back at the time when Jesus was born and the wise men come over, right? Three wise men arrive from the East. How are they going to influence Herod's views on this, right? And Herod's like trying to bring them in secret. He's doing the secret ploys behind and And then maybe one of his aides sees that or something like that and, uh, and tweets it out that he talked to them secretly. And it just becomes this whole politicized thing about our meaning is purely horizontal. Mm-hmm. It has no vertical element at all. And, that, and we in the church have fallen into that kind of politicized spirit, essentially. Like when Newman talks about it in the 19th century that the greatest threat to the church is liberalism, he does not mean like contemporary notions of liberal as in like a one side of the spectrum of political ideas. Yeah, He actually means both sides of the spectrum because liberalism is a political spirit that has to have these two sides to it at all times. Liberalism in its classical sense is a, is a, is a vision of the world that has no transcendence to it. And it, and it sees only politics as the true religion, as the true way of governing life, as a way of, as, as the true way of salvation. Politics becomes salvation. So when we're talking about all the political stuff in the church, and it's not to say that that doesn't exist, right? right? But for the Christian, the whole point of like the Epiphany story is: look at the political guy, and look how these three wise men from a different place notice a star that nobody else notices, which tells you it was probably small and dim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right uh these three guys notice it and upset all of jerusalem by their presence it is a judgment it's a spiritual judgment against an overly politicized and horizontal vision and and that's how we think as catholics and and that's how a lot of people present things online yeah, and so and it's, it's just, it, I was trying to like emphasize your point, I guess. No, yeah. I, no, absolutely, it is. It is because, like, like you said, and this is what I want to bring up. Like, the political dimension does exist, and it has real world consequences. It yeah. absolutely does, right? And we can acknowledge those things and suffer from those things, um, and they have their proper place in in reality, right? And it's a realm that we can engage with from time to time, but we treat it as if it is the only realm. Um, speaking of the Magi. Uh, it is the triumph of faith over politics. The fact that these exactly. wise men, magi, um, are coming from the east, most likely from a very powerful kingdom. Rome, uh, you know, uh, always had trouble with eastern kingdoms uh, for various reasons, but could never you know, quite conquer them. Jerusalem was about as far as they got, right? And the, they are going to see the rising to a new king who is in Judea, who is in Israel. Israel is not a powerful kingdom by any stretch of the imagination at this time. It hasn't been for a long time. It's ruled over, it's basically a backwater province of Rome. Before that, it was ruled by the Greeks. Before that, it was Babylonians and the exile. It hasn't been of any prominence since David and Solomon. And yet, these kings are going to see this newborn king of the Jews. 
And Harry and is scared. Harry, of course, is scared because there is because he has a tenuous grip. Politically speaking, he has a tenuous grip on the throne. He's not of the line of David. It's basically because of his connections and machinations that he even has this kind of regency, right? And now a more powerful kingdom is coming to visit, sending dignitaries, if you will, to find the real king. And he's embarrassed because he has no idea about this, right? So you have all this political upheaval. And you would think the wise men were like, why do we even bother showing up here? Because this is an embarrassment. It must have been incredibly awkward for them. But they keep going. There is something that is moving them. It is a faith that is moving them. There is grace that's moving them. Because they show up in Bethlehem, a backwater town in a backwater province. And they go into this house. And Jesus is probably a little bit older than a newborn at this point in time. But they see this poor child. And then they're like, yes, this is the one we're looking for. And they bow down and worship. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they go by, uh, so they offer the gifts, gold, frankincense, and more, of course. Um, great signs of who this Christ child is. And then they go home by a different way. One, avoiding Herod's uh, machinations. Um, two, of course, because they are forever changed. But you don't hear from them again. Yep. They, they don't use their great power or whatever influence to, like, um, tear down King Herod or whatever else. And there are, like, very real political things that happen it's you know the 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 slaughter of the innocents um the first martyrs right there are real things that happen politically speaking but we know that those children are in heaven and that christ ultimately claims victory on the cross in an utterly unexpected way like that's historically what happens this is the encounter of faith and politics where faith in the truth and the power of god the omnipotence of god is exercised in incredibly unlikely and Right. Ultimately speaking, politically speaking, quiet ways. What better and way to own is, power than to be weak and win? Yes. And yet we pretend like that none of that exists. So many people are angry at Benedict because they don't have his faith. For whatever exactly. reason he resigned, he did yeah. so out of prayer. And we still think, well, you know, he just didn't have didn't have the guts. You know, didn't have the chutzpah. Like, we, he was we, CDF we all, chair for 20-odd years, folks. Like, come on. Yeah. But we still kind of like, oh, well, you know, he, he, we liked him, but I guess, you know, he wasn't perfect. And he, he could have fixed the church. And it's like we're still operating on a level that's totally contrary to our own history and faith. Yeah. And that's yeah. making me cranky because I, I trust me, I fall into that, too. And I'm getting frustrated with myself as well. But it's like, wait, what are we actually all about here? Exactly. And again, that, that's why I'm saying, like, we're not. And I mean, there's so many, this is why like I, I, I have such hesitations towards ideological allies in the fight. A, because they're ideological, not Christian, they're not Christian by definition, even if they have semblances of the truth of ours. And whenever the church has aligned herself with ideologies in the past, it's never ever ever worked out ever i've yet so reasonably it says to me step away but like this actually it's interesting because i had um like some cool news stuff is like the parish is like growing like gangbusters right now and i posted something about that the other day on twitter just because i had two more people actually Oh, I'm forgetting his name right now. His sister lives in PEI and teaches theology and listens to the podcast, and I'm forgetting it right now. But shout out to you. He came up to me. He's like, my girlfriend wants to become Catholic. And I had another person saying, I want to become Catholic. Like, this is happening almost on a weekly basis at my parish right now. 
Yeah. Our numbers are growing at mass, right? Like, it's just kind of like, it's kind of insane. I'm getting baptism requests every every month now, which is, for a retirement place, is, it's good, right? It's These are yes. signs of life. And I'm like, and it's like, and like someone said, well, you got to write a book about what you've been doing. And I'm like, but I haven't been doing anything in a way, <laughs> right? There's no, it, it's already there's no program. out there. There's no, there's no special formula, right? This yeah. is the thing. There is no special formula to making it. And it's like, and I know it's not just, it, it has nothing to do with me. And it doesn't even, it, it, some of it might just be like demographic stuff of people finding it an affordable place to live and everything. But, you know. Sure. Whatever's going on, like my job is, I've always seen my job as a pastor is to create the right spaces for the Holy Spirit to do his work. And then that's all I do because mm-hmm. this is the whole thing. I, I'm not going to be able to set up some program or system to make the best possible parish. That's actually impossible because it doesn't exist. What I can do, though, as a pastor is create the spaces for people to have an encounter with Christ through liturgy, through good community, etc. That's about all I can do. The rest, I let the cards fall where they lie. Like even like when it comes to like financial planning for a parish, like we do not bring in collections like a lot of like American parishes do in Canada mm-hmm. at all. And and I don't push this stuff. But I I said in my bulletin last year that, you know, we're we're projecting a deficit this year for for a variety of reasons. Part of it was some insurance claims we had to make and stuff like that for property damages and everything that we didn't, you know, plan for. I said, but I'm not cutting spending. I'm not, because this is what we need to do. And we were projecting a 12% deficit. We actually ended up with a surplus at the end of the year. How? I don't know. Now, I'm not... <laughs> right. Partially because this is not how my, my brain just doesn't work. I like micromanaging the stuff to be better. Um, but there's also like a real trust in providence to do its work like and i am not perfect i am a sinner myself and i got a lot of work to do mm-hmm. but at the heart of my priesthood is this notion of god is in control not me and so i trust that and that is the principle i govern a parish by that doesn't mean a passivity though but no. it means so like getting to your earlier point yeah there are like in 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 my area there's issues around homelessness where I'm like actually, and I've been in conversations with a few things. I'm probably going to try and raise my voice a bit on a more broader level in the, in, in the city to talk about this problem mm-hmm. because that's my responsibility as a priest. That is an area I can exercise my voice properly and according to my position of where I am. Great. I will do that a hundred percent, but I have to do it prayerfully and as a response to the gospel and not like aligning myself with one political organization or the other. It, it's to say, because Christ demands this of us, and no other reason. That is the spiritual solution. We and we don't do this ever. It's political all the time, and we got to stop it. We got to knock it out. We, I think this is why like, our podcast doesn't. We we eschew these things on purpose because I think actually you and I share this similar hope that we don't act on perfectly all the time. We fall mm-hmm. into this stuff. You can fall. We can fall. In, everyone falls into this stuff, but yeah. we're always trying to grow in that kind of spiritual openness to God to say, you're in control, not me. And I trust that. I trust that in weakness, your grace is sufficient. 
Yeah. It, 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 so the image of, uh, as you're talking, is it, of Christ the shepherd. There's a reason why he calls himself that. There is the only stability in a herd of sheep and a shepherd is the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Like it's you are outdoors, you are moving the sheep around and all that stuff. There is the only thing that is concrete is the knowledge and wisdom of the shepherd who is Christ, who knows where to lead you. And instead of doing that, we're like, no, we need to build a, a giant sheep hotel and then, then everything will be OK. And it's like that's not how this works. Same thing with like a parish. There is something that's always going to be ever fluctuating and moving and um growing mm-hmm. and organic from time to time, from pastor to pastor, from generation to generation. Instead, we want this control and stability that once I implement this book or do this thing, mm-hmm. or once my political uh, enemies either die or are defeated um, or are crushed beneath my boot, then everything will be okay. And it, it's it's how we're viewing the history of the church as well, that like, is this big? It's the last gasp of the um, uh, of the left wing of the church, or it's this, or it's that, and then this thing will happen. It's like, we're looking for a kind of political stability that will bring right. about a kingdom that is is never promised to us. Right. Um, but Christ has promised Himself to us. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's and, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's everything, and that's it. And Father Jeff's coming back into the rectory right now. Hi, Father Jeff. Father Anthony says hi. Hey, Father Anthony. Oh, he sounds like a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Um, Yeah, I... God is in control. God is in control. That's what I want to talk about because I need to be reminded of it these last few weeks. We need to be preaching this more and we need to be reminding people of this more. And, And here's the thing is we have to be okay with the fact that we're going to actually be resisted against in saying oh, absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Father Jeff, say hi to the people. Hey, everybody out <laughs> in podcast land. Yeah, speaking yes. to the mic. Yes. Hello. Hi, Father he's Anthony. Good. I hear him. Big he's fan. Long time listener. First time video caller. Nice to, nice to see you guys. <laughs> Cronyism <laughs> reigns. Cronyism sure reigns. That, I'm not sure if you're using that word. Speaking right, of right. spiritual dependence over political power, right? It's like yes, uh, yes. <laughs> well, okay, good, good. I'm glad I got that off my chest. It was like a reminder. It was a weird combination of like encountering these deep mysteries of the faith and yeah. dealing with a bunch of baloney uh, yeah. at the same time, and me falling into the baloney, if you will, because mm-hmm. it can be like if you it can get really depressing if you forget who Jesus is and you're right. Catholic. I don't know, right. right? Kids, things get things get real dark real quick. Absolutely, they don't have to be. Exactly. Um, okay. Amen. 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 You know, I think well, that's a great topic because actually it's been on my heart a lot lately. Too. Good. Good. I'm good glad. Stuff. Sweet. We're great. Um, hey, you know who else is great? You guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, uh, please leave a review on iTunes and, and tell us how great you, we are and to make us feel good Maybe. about yeah. ourselves. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just if you feel like leaving a review, that would be cool. And tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies, too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. You can find me at Father Scrap. Really? Maybe. I didn't say what platform, but if you, you know, might be able to find me at Father Scrap somewhere. Find me on Twitter at FR Harrison. 
Contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericalspeaking at gmail.com. Do you have a theological emergency? Call 412-912-7995. That's 412-912-7995. We do have one message from producer Riley and one message from producer Nick, and we haven't played either of those. No, we did play the one from Riley, didn't we? She did a follow-up one, because apparently we didn't Uh, answer her question the right way. Too bad. No, too bad. Too bad. Too bad. Nope. You lose. Yeah. Maybe maybe the question wasn't asked the right way. Yeah. So, Producer Riley, you lose. Mm -hmm. Listeners, you win. Peace. That's right. God bless.